So as you see, kids, it doesn't matter what kind of particle accelerator you have, as long as you accelerate the particles within your soul. But Mr. Roberts, what about the hey. capacitor? Hey! Hey! Only the pigs call me Mr. Warning! This episode contains adult language, mature situations, oxygen tanks, Fisher Stevens, 50s propaganda, a convincing Eisenhower lookalike, and I hate Eisenhower, man, irresponsible teenage drinking and driving, a bunch of geek stalkers, and me, I'm Bob. Listener discretion is advised, man. when you told us we could smoke banana peels. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Sparkin Movie Review. I'm your host, Zahn, and with me today is... The one, the only, Deke. Hey, so how you doing, Deke? I'm doing good, man. I just uh, had my banana peels a little, little while ago. I'm feeling... Is that even possible? I've heard it is, it uh, isn't. I've heard mixed things about it. Apparently, you're supposed to, There's like a procedure just smoking banana peels. You can't just... You know, eat a banana or, you know, comically fucking throw it on the floor. You actually have to... Like, contained. Let it... Thing. And you're supposed to... And then smoke... Of the... Uh... But you shouldn't do this, kids, right? <laughs> well, like, I mean, I don't know what's good for them. But, yeah, you probably shouldn't do it. I mean, but maybe you could handle it. I don't know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, we, we should not be doing this. We should save these type of tips for the month of dope and the month of blow. Listen to Zan. He is the voice of reason here. I just told you to smoke banana peels. <laughs> <laughs> well, either way. For those of you who know, Sparkins is a side that provides information and reviews about different type of stuff. And this is our movie podcast. We also have our sister podcast, or brother podcast, the Sparkin Manga Review. You can find all this out at www.sparkin.com. And you can send us any emails or comments and concerns at zan at spirekin.com or spirekin at gmail.com. It's always read. Somebody always reads it. And if it's interesting, we'll actually read it on air. Hey, send us something good. I will narrate. Oh, yes. You'll add your sophisticated British voice. Yes. Oh, oh. What we have here on Masterpiece Theater. Oh, lovely Rita writes us from Guatemala. Exactly, and other things as well. Also, you can send us a voicemail at 206-350-8462. Aha, uh-huh. call it up. Don't listen. You guys, you got to cut down 
on the heavy breathing messages. Um, they were exciting at first, but now they're just kind of strange and creepy. And also hearing people talking about Bob Dole when they're doing it is really fucking odd. Yes, this isn't chat roulette or anything. We don't want to know anything that we don't need to know. Just leave us a message that makes us laugh. Exactly. And also, before I forget, you can check us out on Xbox Live under Zan Space Spyrokin. And if you have a Twitter account under Spyrokin, you'll hear all our new postings about all our new episodes and whatnot. It's pretty cool. And so we should get into the crux of the situation because this is a movie review podcast. And since we don't have any real news going on with the movie world, for this episode we're reviewing a movie from 1985? Yeah, 85 era. Uh, starring John Stockwell, the one, the only Fisher Stevens. and who, His real name actually is Stephen Fisher. Yes, but he, like, you just gotta just fucking pause this, go look on IMDb just so you can get in the right mindset where we're taking you on this with this movie journey tonight. It also stars uh, Danielle von Zernick, who's in La Bamba, the one, the only Dennis Hopper. Then the movie we're reviewing is directed by some guy who did The Last Starfighter and Theodore Rex, what the hell is his name? Jonathan R. Berthel. And the movie is... My Science Project. A gem from when we were young and when most of you didn't even exist. Yes, I think we're possibly three and four years old, just about to go into kindergarten. We're already there when this movie came out. Yes, and the movie was just one of these films that just was kind of... Well, it, you remember it as being this awesome, really cool, really funny film. Yes. And then you watch it today and you're like, what the fuck? Why did I think this was cool? <laughs> There, there, there's some redeeming qualities. What's, what's, what's? We're getting a little ahead of ourselves. What, what, what's this movie about? I mean, well, my science project. Dennis Hopper's in it. Fisher Stevens is in it. How the fuck do these two guys have anything in common? Like, where do they come into this whole picture? Well, it opens up in 1957, and you see a very convincing Dwight Eisenhower actor. He looked exactly like the president. Man, you drive up to this Area 51 esque place, <laughs> and they tell him, "Yeah, we, we." found this ship on our radar and we blew it out of the sky yet it and that's first off is bullshit because the technology back then these people yeah. would have killed freaking the united states i don't think the yeah i don't think the fucking the u.s government had like icbms in 1957 to take down a ufo with the kind of technology that this shit was was holding probably what happened was the ufo driver was drunk and probably just hit <laughs> Freaking parked car. He was no. What happened was he's flying through space. He's sipping on his fucking black grognak. Freaking his space drink. Yes, and then uh, all of a sudden he comes a little too close to the asteroid, hurtling towards a fucking distant moon. Spins out of control and crash lands on Earth. That's the only way this thing. And then the government said, "We took him down." Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) And so the governor and everybody sees this, and the president sees this strange ship with all these glowing orbs and he just looks at it for a second and the smart thing would have been let's take this ship and take over fucking communist russia technology technology is important but no what do you say (laughs) get rid of it how do you get rid of the most important fucking (laughs) it's bigger than the solar system dude how did they fucking come on well so they take this really cheesy laser and they (laughs) cut into it the pvc laser it was basically a plastic clear a clear plastic pvc laser they cut through it and then cut to the future, 1985, at Kit Carson High School. Yes, some shit's going on. And we meet the coolest teacher in the world. Yes. Dennis Hopper as a hippie. Dennis Hopper. <laughs> all he can talk about is free love and, and graduating high school in the 60s with nothing but a Frisbee and a gas mask. 
and then he proceeds to take a toke off an oxygen tank. <laughs> yes, he's basically a science teacher. He's he's you know there's a couple nerds in his class the the Ellie girl and uh, this kid Sherman who Sherman yes the he's like Mister Roberts. Um, um. <laughs> so he's one of those types. So and, and Ellie is a girl who is we could say is the first girl to when she takes her glasses off she's super hot. Yeah, I would say yeah she's Arguably. a total babe when she takes her. Glasses but she off. looks pretty bad because she has thick thick coke bottles. She has a retainer and some other stuff. Yeah, but there's some, there's some beauty underneath. That's that's the kind of beauty I like is uh, the hidden gems. You know, you gotta sift through. So basically, these two kids are in a class. There are part, half. Half of the four main characters in the yeah. film. Um, so, so the love interest arrival, and then yeah, then as he's going, as Bob is going over everything, because he says, "Call me Bob." Yeah, he's, <laughs> he looks in the back and he sees our main character played by John Sockwell, Mike Harlan, Harlan. And, and he looks, he's like, "Not this time, Harlan." <laughs> he's pissed because Harlan is basically all Harlan does is work on cars. That's all. That's his number one thing in life is his cars. So Bob's trying to grill these kids who are about to graduate you know on their fucking science projects because otherwise he's gonna just squeak him by with a D <laughs> so he wants a banging science project so Harlan he's busy he's been working on his car late nights he's got nothing going on fucking and Bob says pretty much you need to pass the final and the test or else you're out yeah. you don't graduate man that's it have a good day man have a good day man I don't want he doesn't like grilling him he, he he was, he was young once. He went to high school once. And then you have Harlan's best friend, Vinny. Yeah, Vinny Latello. He's scrawny. He's Italian. Stereotypical at that. He's from Brooklyn, apparently. And he constantly quotes movies. And television shows. All he does, it seems, every other word out of his mouth, he's, he's quoting something. You see from that it. movie? He's like, oh, yeah, I saw this episode of Dallas once, man. Mm-hmm. Or or, hey, go. or the other thing is he talks about flaming people, which for those of you who aren't in the know from the 80s, <laughs> flaming means to kill someone. Yeah, to stamp somebody out. Like, I don't know. I don't think that ever caught on, though. I think maybe the director wrote that in. Yeah, this director, he puts a lot of weird lingo in for Vinny to say and also puts a lot of references to Star Wars. Yes, and, and Dune and uh, just stuff like that. He's, he's like... It's pretty unconventional. Yeah. So what happens is from here... We have, well, Vinny is not doing well. He's kind of just being a sleazy self and trying to prep up Harlan because Harlan's like, I can't fail. i got to figure fucking something out because he doesn't want you to rebuild the carburetor engineer and whatnot. Yeah, he's, he's sweating. So And so what happens is that Ellie, the nerd that she is, decides to, well, hit on the grease ball, the motorhead. Motorhead Mike, yeah, she's nerd. I don't think she's ever been kissed before in this movie. She she wants to hook up with, uh, you know, the, 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 the diamond high, in the rough. You know, as opposed the, to the geeky guy who's like... <laughs> yeah, the only guy chasing her is Latello, who apparently asked her out once. Uh, and she called him a name that he had to look up in the dictionary to find out what it was. Um, and Sherman, who looks like he... Yeah, and Sherman, who has an Audi belly button and no penis, uh, basically. And goes... <laughs> <laughs> but either way, so using some interesting trickery involving... The, the distributor cap popping off somehow. Mysteriously, of course, which it should do. It. She ends up going out on a date with Mike, and they end up doing what most cool kids do. Breaking and entering... <laughs> Into military surplus junkyards, I might add. Yes, in a very, very cheesy and creepy, well, place, which with a guy who is 
with a dog, just yeah. chilling out. There. The most inept freaking night security guard in the world. He has a German Shepherd. He has a gun. He has a big ass mag light that he could club a motherfucker in the face with. But we'll, we'll we'll tell you about him. I mean, it sounds pretty badass, right? Just wait a minute. You'll see what happens. He takes forever, and it sucks. <laughs> well, so what happens is, as they're traveling and looking around, Mike ends up falling into a hole. Into yep. this hole, he finds a bunch of stuff. World War Two propaganda, yeah. Yeah. a lot of kill the commies. And he finds a box which says, do not open unless, unless under authorized supervision yeah. and under controlled circumstances. And at this point, you look and say... Wow, Mike could read. <laughs> he actually literally, he's like, he like reads a sign, like for no other purpose. The only way that somebody wouldn't know what he's reading is if, number one, they were illiterate. And if they're illiterate, they should be fucking killed anyway. But also, number two, if they're blind. But even if they're blind and they don't know what he's what he's reading, they're going to be like, what the fuck is he talking about? And he's reading it phonetically. He's like, <laughs> kill all Russians. <laughs> it's stupid and it's it's one of the in, in, unintentional funny parts yes yes. And so yes. from there we go on and we see he looks like, in this box yeah, he and he looks, sees this glowing well it's like an orb pretty much connected to a device and he's like ooh this looks kind of cool because it's shiny it's one of those old fashioned if you ever go to Spencer Gifts those electro balls where yeah. you touch it in if it. you've ever seen the Goonies there's a shitload of them in Mikey's attic Chunk's like, ooh, laser beams! So, yeah, it's, it's connected with device, and they take it, and they run away after the Annette guard <laughs> with his... I'm surprised he did The didn't. guard with all the firepower in the world at his disposal cannot catch a couple of freaking loud, rickety teenagers. I'm surprised at one point he didn't just go... <gasps> <laughs> and pull out inhaler. <laughs> yeah, he starts to nebulize, like, right there. He's just like... <laughs> it was pretty bad. So what happens is Mike goes home to his father, played by the very great character actor, Barry Corbin. Barry Corbin. And he is dating the, well, Avon lady. Yeah, pretty much the equivalent of the Avon lady. She came to this guy's door, apparently laid the fucking the, the West Texas charm on her somehow. And uh, she's pretty much, uh, what do you, what would you say they're doing? They're... they're they, there's a lot of boxes of Chinese takeout. They're, I don't know. I think but, they're getting kinky with the food, dude. I don't know, but still, it doesn't matter. Every time I see that scene, I have to say, I get hungry for Chinese food for some <laughs> reason. I don't know why. It's in no other film. It's not like when I'm watching Big Trouble in Little China. It makes me want Chinese. It's just I'm watching, like, you know what? I could get some Chinese food right now. Yeah, like, I actually literally wanted to fucking uh, stick my face in that, that <laughs> box and just, like, chow it down. Yeah, and they don't make those boxes like that anymore. No, we? not like that. But either way, so from there on... Oh, we, we real quick, we have to mention, um, oh, if the, you go and watch this movie, uh, pretty much this scene, you see the dad and Dolores making out or whatever, and Harlan walks in. Check out the picture in the background on the TV stand. Um, it's pretty much uh, Jackie Gleason, like, giving the thumbs up, like the Buddy Christ pose. Yes, yeah. you gotta see. It. It's pretty weird and pretty unusual. It's kind of cool though. It's one of those things you just you're like, whoa, is that Jackie Gleason or is that is that Barry? I don't <laughs> is that, know. Yeah, is that his like fucking high school picture? He's just like, hey. or it's a guy with a thick mustache. Yeah, it's first. Uh, I can't make it out. So let us know what you think. Call so, us up. Either way, so what happens is the next day, before they go to school, they go to the garage where they're working, and they decide to fuck around with this thing. It's just a smart thing. It's a device you find in military grade bomb shelter and you decide to fuck with it 
could have plutonium in it. It could be, uh, you know, send out electromagnetic pulses, like, uh, you know, shut off everything in the world. Eh, eh, let's just hook it up to a car battery. Yeah, and what happens is it ends up turning on and, well, ends up frying a bunch of stuff. And suddenly, the wrench which Mike has in his hand disappears in a, in a Greek vase. <laughs> yeah. appears. Yes, like, things are, are phasing in and out of reality for some reason. These guys don't know what the fuck is going on. Latello is fucking like, yeah, yo, I ain't touching shit there, Mike. <laughs> and fucking, all, yeah, the vase, and then they hook it up to another battery, and, like, the thing's, like, fucking explodes in rotoscoped light. And, and a very cool sequence where it goes crazy and ends up just kind of doing all this cool stuff and just, well, causing anarchy and whatnot. Yeah. Because apparently this thing runs on power from outside, but it doesn't heat up, which is kind of cool. Yeah, like takes the power and does something with it, but it doesn't... But from anywhere. It'll take it from a flashlight, from a boombox, from batteries, anywhere. And the more power it has, the stronger it becomes, the more effects it has. Because exactly. when it just took power from the boombox, nothing happened. When they connected to the battery, the Greek vase appeared. And what we find out is that this device was the engine to that ship from the beginning. Yes. It was It was basically created... Uh, it made the whole, the whole ship movement possible. I guess apparently that's how... Aliens travel drunk through space as uh, they phase in and out of reality and kind of end up places. And so what happens is that he, because of the device, it puts Latello and Mike into a time bubble for two hours. So they miss their final, so Bob's a little pissed off at them. <laughs> Bob's fucking pissed, dude. Bob's like, it's like hey! Bob's burnt, you know. He, he, he toked up before he distributed the final. And now he's pissed off because he's not high and he's pissed off these dudes. They just tells him, look, here's the deal. Show up at 9 o'clock, I'll be here grading tests, and we'll figure something out. And so they go. Mike calls Ellie and they all show up there. And meanwhile, her geeky suitor, Sherman's like, I will find out what's going on. <laughs> For some reason, Sherman is jealous of Mike because he wanted Ellie's ass this whole time. <laughs> And now all Mike had to do was come along and basically show up to class in one day and get dumped. And Ellie is like, she just like seriously got wet over the, the whole thing. Exactly. So Sherman's pissed. He's working with these bullies on the side, apparently. Um, Who they do the smart thing because they want to get revenge on Mike. So they do the most mature and intelligent thing in a way to get revenge on someone. Uh, cover their car with fucking eggs, syrup, and... The baking powder. And, yeah, I mean, seriously, if you want to get revenge on a guy, all you do is you take salami, cut it up, put it on the car. What happens is, <laughs> oh god, why am I telling these kids these? these, these yeah, th- dude, if if I get fucking spots on my car one day because some kid listening to this podcast decided to try that on me, shit's gonna happen. I mean, hey, it could have been worse. I could have tried caramelizing the engine. Say no more about the caramelized engines. I'll just bleep it out. Wait a minute. So what happened? This is what I don't understand about the movie. Did they... What did the bullies do to, to Harlan anyway? Like, what, what did Harlan do to them? They were just fucking They're jealous? Just there. They're just there. And it's sh- it's, it's their, their plot point, which is never solved, and it's just kind of one of the many things which kind of makes this movie kind of meh. Because it does drag, and just there's plot points which they just kind of enter in, and it's like, yeah, hey, it here's this, and <laughs> let's never resolve it. Yeah. So, yeah, so enter the revenge plot of the three jocks, which really shouldn't have been They're, anything in the first place. Yes. Because Sherman's, like, set up to be the villain in the beginning. But he's not. But he's not. And Bob and is... And Bob is, too. 
But he's not. But he's not. He's he's good. Like and truck and trucker mustache cop who shows up later, kind of is. But he's not. Yeah, he's only doing his job. But he's a fucking <laughs> dickhole because he's a cop. The only the only bad guy is the fat Russian. Well, we'll get to him in a minute. <laughs> we'll get to the fat in a minute. Okay, so what happens is that they show it to Bob. Bob decides because it's really cool and he goes trippy and all crazy. Yeah, Bob starts having an acid flashback as they're showing him this device, the gizmo. And he decides to plug it directly into the the mainframe of the tab. Well, first first of all, he decided he he had like a rig of like six car batteries like in series with each other. He wires it to that first. The thing starts gaining power. Then the batteries slime and it's a kind of cool sequence. Yeah, it was pretty cool. But then Bob decides to fucking hey, you know this this wasn't enough. I need a little bit more. I need to fucking travel the universe, man. Because he gets really cool and just like an evil Dennis Hopper moment. Yeah. And you think from here maybe he'll get all crazy and like I must have the power for myself. Yeah, like ooh, the power of the universe. Not really. He just kind of just disappears in a really cool sequence. Yeah, he literally phases like he plugs the fucking gizmo in. The thing's going crazy. And he pretty much gets sucked into it. Like, his head actually literally, like, gets sucked into the thing. And he just disappears. And then, so, what Vinny says is, We gotta stop this from hitting the power plant, man! <laughs> so they get in Vinny's kinda cool car, which has one of the coolest... Well, you push a button and a middle finger shoots out of the back of the car. <laughs> yes. Yeah, you pull, a, a le- you pull like, a, a ripcord on the fucking, yep. on yeah, the fucking goes, thing. It's pretty cool. It's so, yeah. But so they get sit the... on this butt plug. Oh, Vinny Latello, aka Fisher Stevens, in this movie, is one of the most quotable people that I love to quote. Anyway. Yes, there's because nobody quotes. knows about this movie, and he says a lot of funny shit. Yes, he does. So from here on, they decide to draw to raid. Well, they go break into. Harlan's house, his dad's shop, and they seal a bunch of dynamite <laughs> yes. for no reason. Apparently, Harlan's father has about, like, I don't know, eight kilotons of dynamite literally locked in a fucking tin box out in the open that they pretty much just use bolt cutters to open up. Yeah, it took about whole... two seconds to steal this deadly dynamite. Yeah, but the whole thing was just ridiculous because the whole plan is, let's, let's black out the town and then the machine will stop. Okay, there yeah. are easier ways to do it than going, taking dynamite and trying to blow up a power <laughs> station. That literally, all they had to do was unplug the fucking thing. They didn't even think about it. It's like, oh shit, I'm not unplugging it. Yo, let's black out town and fucking blow up the power lines. If you really, if they really wanted to be more interesting, all they had to do is take a wrench, climb up one of the fucking telephone poles to one of those transfusers. And put the freaking thing. I mean, it would black out the area permanently because of a fucking EMP, but still. They could have just turned circuit breakers off in yeah. the fucking school, man. <laughs> That's all I had to fucking do. 100 amp fucking pop, done. But the movie wouldn't have progressed. and. Yes, but that it didn't even really have to happen. Like, it's cool, okay. I think they had some extra money in the budget to blow shit up. <laughs> the guy obviously loved models because he loved blowing up models. So they fucking hop in Harlan's goat. They're fucking screaming down the fucking highway in the desert, like... Trying to beat electricity. This guy's got a fucking Chevelle Super Sport, the thing's like a 350 plant. With nitro. With fucking... No, not even the nitros, the blowers, the fucking... Oh, the blowers? Like the Mad Max fucking... Yep. Oh, man. So he has that shit on his car. Fucking screaming, doing like a buck thirty down the fucking highway. 
So they plant these explosives, they rig it up, fucking... Yes, and being so intelligent with it while holding a bunch of dynamite and smoking a cigar. Yeah, he's literally got dynamite strapped to his body, and he's fucking lighting a cigar. Like, hey, I feel like Gregory Peck in the guns of the Navarone. I would have loved to just see the the take, yeah, hey, oh shit. (laughs) Yeah, hauling him fucking sparkling over here, what the... His fucking head explodes. (laughs) Uh, so, either way, they blow up the tower, so, and, yeah. you know, it was very spectacular, and just, well, where, why wasn't there any shrapnel? Well, here's the, here's the setup. They fucking, Harlan Park's literally less than ten feet away from the dynamite-ridden utility pole. They fucking blow it. He literally shorts it to his car battery. The thing explodes. Everyone's fine. Except the the, for the tower. Yes. <laughs> The tower explodes, like, all the steel that's used in that. The thing's got to be, like, 100 tons. Yeah. Blown apart, leveled the to the ground. And the... Yeah, the high-tension wires, everything, just leveled. The car that's parked 10 feet away, not a scratch on it. There's not even any dust in the air. And everybody's alive. They definitely would have been... Even if... Okay, let's say that the, the fucking shockwave didn't send out shrapnel and everybody lived... Just the magnitude of the explosion would have destroyed their insides. The concussion of the explosion would have killed them for sure. I'm not speaking about the rebar that may have gone through their limbs, <laughs> or the fact that you know the, just the tremor itself. Like it, it literally, what that that Chevelle. I mean, I know it's a fucking Chevelle, and those are the best cars in the world. But the fucking the shrapnel would have went through it like the fucking tinfoil on Jiffy Pop, man. It would have been like. Pfft. Like, it wasn't even there. So what have they done so far? They've done breaking and entering. They've yeah. done... The fucking... Technically killing their professor. Yeah, technically. Terrorism um, for blowing up a, a town's power supply. What if there's an old lady in their town that that needs, like, electricity to live because she runs on oxygen? She's dead, man. She's gone. Oh, well, they didn't think about that, and neither did the director. So <laughs> what happens is that they drive everyone home... And when Mike gets home, you think, oh, he's going to sneak it home. He looks in there, and you see in his bedroom, sitting there in his chair, smoking a cigar. Fucking creepiest detective in the world. I forget his name at the moment. With a porn mustache. Uh, what the hell is it? Uh, John Vitnow? Uh, Jack Nutley. Yeah, Jack Nutley. Or Nulty. Nulty, played by Richard Masur. Richard Masur, who was also, if you're up our age... You may remember a little movie called Mr. Boogity. I, I believe it was like an ABC uh, Halloween type movie. Mm-hmm. He's in a couple of shows. It's also on All My Children. Yeah, he's, he's in... Um, he, he, he just works. This guy is a fucking work. He was in 61. Mm-hmm. Fucking Felicity he was in. Yeah, Picket Fences. He does a lot of just romances and crap like that. Yeah, he's, he's, he's all over the place. But guy. he plays just a guy who's pretty much just really big, scary... You know, generic hillbilly-esque cop who just is like, he's yeah, like, you're gonna do whatever I say. Yeah, he roughs up the fucking people in custody. Always the same thing, though. He grabs them in the back of their neck. And and that's like, that's his technique. Yeah, he just, like, jerks everybody around, like, slamming their faces, like, because he has control and, and, and of so we could assume that Mike is going to jail. Yes. He is going downtown. And so is... So Vinny. Everybody, the whole crew pretty much oh, and, and It's because up. someone ratted on them. <laughs> yeah, it happened to be that little fuck Sherman, who still is trying to get into Ellie's pants, um, and those douchebags who fucked up 
Mike's car with the fucking uh, flower and shit. And uh, they kid. ratted his ass yeah. out because they're a bunch of snitch-ass bitches. And so they go to the police station where the greatest character shows up. <laughs> <laughs> the fucking drunk-laughing wino. Basically, this guy is just cackling into the screen. Which for, will be inserted here. Yes, we will We will provide the link to, to see exactly what we're talking about. <laughs> In fact, we should just make like a gif where it just like replays that. Just like him. <laughs> it's fucking hilarious. The really? wino. The, probably, he, he should have won an Oscar, man. That guy was fucking... <laughs> But this I, is the only good. movie that guy was in, so I'm assuming he really was a fucking drunk wine when they picked <laughs> off the street. He just wa- he woke up on the lot one day. They're like, oh, who the hell is it? Oh, you already went through makeup. What, we don't need... Let's just fucking pay this guy five bucks. And, uh, yeah. So they go through the typical police lineup and routine where they got to get fingerprints done and whatnot. And meanwhile, back at the high school, Ellie goes to get the device, the gizmo. Yes. And Sherman would he yeah, decides to plug it back into the power supply now. Now, okay, here's the major plot points. Um not fifteen, twenty minutes ago in movie time, fucking Harlan and crew destroyed the power poles. Town is alive. There's lights, everybody's dancing, the fucking disco is up. Fucking But the school a... has they said there's problems with the school, something's up with the school. But how the fuck did they still have power? I thought the thing blew it out. Yeah, that w- defeats the whole purpose of... It doesn't that. matter. So apparently he plugs it back in. So he plugs it back in after... Yeah, and everything's all fine. The device goes off again. Everything goes all fucking apeshit crazy. And powers goes out. And in the greatest prison break scene ever, they literally just walk away while... Jack Nolte's like, where'd my prisoners go? Where's my prisoners? <laughs> the drunk wino is freaking laughing, screaming down the down the fucking down the street. What type of a place does this? I mean, once you're in a lockup, they fucking close the door. You can't just yeah. Everybody just kind of waltzed out. In fact, Latello stole a cop car. He had a shotgun for the rest of the movie. He's holding the shotgun. Yeah, it's... that he took from this cop car, which they stole. Yeah, it's stolen. It's fucking. Uh, how many high school kids do you know steal cop cars? Like, after exploding fucking power lines. Oh, boy. <laughs> it's fucking ridiculous. Breaking and entering. These, these are the most badass kids in the world, apparently. Ah, uh, so either way, from there on, it gets even more fucking absurd, and I know you're like, what the fuck's gonna happen now? So, either way. They end up going to school because that's where the device is to get L and everything. And Sherman goes out to I'm sure I, I didn't know what was happening. I didn't know. And they walk in and suddenly there's a mysterious fog machine filling up the floor for no apparent reason. Yes, all of a sudden everything is smoky in the school, but no fire alarms went off. I remember being in school, we had a fire alarm and everybody had to go out and do the drill and fucking, you know... <laughs> line up and sit outside for a couple and minutes. So, and, well, besides that, what happened is that the device is created that the school is now essentially phasing throughout all dimensions and times at the same time. And a kind of cool sequence. So you have people from all different varieties of time periods interacting with each other, including Cleopatra. Who yes. Who looks kind of hot and throws the tail flower. Yes. There are a couple of Nazis, too, by the way. It's, it's pretty neat just to see, like... And Liberace. Yes, yes. Uh, yes! Ooh, yes! So, yeah, so Cleopatra is there. 
Um, it's actually pretty cool how they did this part because, like, first it's not really not that strong, and then like, like it slowly it, intensifies like the, over the time. The people that are there, like, because the school is becoming like a hub of time and space, and the people that are there at first are like just kind of like grainy images, like ghosts, you know. And then it gets kind of stronger, and then it's like starting to build power. So all of a sudden, Cleopatra's there. Fucking throws Latella a fucking black lotus or whatever the hell she was rocking. And she, he picks it up and it's real. And he's like, I'm going to go after her. Yeah, he's like, hey. Well, say, hey we hey. got stuff to do. <laughs> yeah, so he's like, hey, you know, I'm thinking with my dick here. And, uh, you know, I'm going to go bang this bitch out. So he opens the door and holy shit, Bonnie Rubble just tried to flame me out. Uh, Neanderthal comes and attacks him and completely <laughs> cock-blocks him. Yeah, the, the cock-block Neanderthal. Like, seriously, how many times have you been cock-blocked by a fucking Neanderthal, dude? With a club. With yes. I can't remember <laughs> how many times. At least twice for me. And each time I went home with blue balls and uh, a fucking a t- a tissue to cry into. And this Neanderthal is physically stronger than us. Uh, dude, it's bigger did, than us. Did you see the way that he kicked open the wall to get the Vitello? Like he just like boom, fucking get blows the hole. Hits him in the stomach once. Down goes caveman. <laughs> down, down goes Neanderthal. Down goes. Yeah. Yo, so <laughs> so basically, yeah, he gives up. Like he just Vitello. Fisher Stevens is a very petite man. The, the fucking it's it's like a his arm is the length like the width of a fucking beer bottle basically, um he hits the Neanderthal in the gut once, fucking <laughs> down goes Caveman. <laughs> oh that was great. And then he gives us this very apathetic look, just like he looked depressed. Like he's like I can't believe I was bested by fucking Latello. Like he looked sad. He gave up. He was apathetic, man. <laughs> What the hell? You should have got up. Most of the Neanderthals in every <laughs> video game, you knock them down, they come up and try and rip your face off. Like, this dude, he had jagged teeth, he had huge ripped muscles, he's like six and a half feet tall, he's fucking huge. And he doesn't get back up. And that's it. And they win round and one. That's one of the weird things. It's like, now that it's becoming the, all the time travelers and the people who are out of time who were displaced, they're now very apathetic. It's like they're just not phased by the fact that they're in a place which is like a high school, but there's like gaps, like, you know, you crash land in a Viet Cong filled forest and there's lockers everywhere. Yes, this actually, I, I must say, this is the coolest thing, the whole, whole scene uh, in the movie. Um, I'm getting excited just talking about it. Yes. Uh, if you get this movie, this is the scene you bought it for. It was the fact that they're time traveling through high school, literally like killing people. Like, oh yeah, we didn't even get to the murder part of the segment, but but basically. Yeah, yeah. The, no. Uh, so what happens is that after getting up from the, well, the Neanderthal fucking beast man attack, they walk up onto seeing in across from the gym or a little bit further from the gym, they see a Roman gladiator killing a guy. <laughs> Like, literally, fucking stabbing a dude multiple times in his stomach. Like, horrible killing. You hear the crowd the whole bit. And then he looks at them, and they're like... No, Latello and one of his more fucking... Brilliant, I guess. He's like, hey, scope out the faggot in the tutu. Meanwhile, this gladiator is literally disemboweling a man. He's like, hey, paisan. (laughs) Fucking... And the gladiator turns to him, says something in Latin... Which Sherman says he is going to kick our ass, <laughs> yes. and he proceeds to attack them. And 
He's gonna kick their ass. Yeah, he's 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 trying to fucking kill. He wants to kill for his emperor. Um, yeah. So a, a fight ensues. Sherman almost gets his arm hacked off. Like Littell is useless. Littell, yeah, Littell is just kind of fucking gaining it up. You know, just trying to be a little bitch. But he's he's Littell. Harlan, on the other hand, ends up summoning something that few grown men ever have to do in this life, which is find a will to murder another human being. And murder he does. He literally runs the still-bloodied blade right through the fucking gladiator's chest. And the gladiator goes down, and he's just holding the sword, and Mattel's like, come on! And... How fucked up are you gonna be at that point? You just killed a man. Uh, like the the emotional weight. Like I was thinking when we when we watched it. I mean, God, Harlan, just go to the guidance office right now. You need a you need a nice talking to, son. It'll be okay. No, they pick up and keep going because you know what? And they kill even more people later on. Yes, and it's just like a. I I think the movie <clears throat> started out like the way this was written. I think the director thought of it in high school. He thought of like. Just walking through high school with gun- machine guns, like drinking beers, killing fucking post-apocalyptic mutants, and yeah, like the concept was cool, but then it just kind of went. Yeah, there's a lot of filler. Um, there's a lot of yeah. The editing concept is mistake. brilliant. It's just that it just doesn't really fall. So from it, here on, we see a very familiar face. Yes, a man that we've talked about and many podcasts and raved about plenty of times. From Big Trouble in Little China to well, Escape from L.A. Fucking and back to this movie. He was working in the eighties. This yep. Fucking how long? Fucking this guy. Yep. Back again is a stereotypical porn star mustache Viet Cong guy. <laughs> doesn't matter if he's Chinese. It doesn't matter if he's Japanese. It doesn't matter if he's fucking VC. It doesn't matter if he's fucking Filipino. It doesn't matter if he's just generic goon. <laughs> he can be. Yeah, he can be in a white guy's gang. You know, he could play it all. Um, yeah, so here he is, walking through the jungle or the hallway, whichever way, uh, you know, whichever fucking dimension you happen to be in. And he's not even phased by it, and he gets <laughs> punked by Vitello yes. and Hawk. I was like, how the hell? They're, they're trained fucking Viet Cong that would have killed these guys. They, nope. they, they get punked out. There are four four men with fucking machine guns. Not even the right fucking machine guns. No. They they should have had AKs, but they're using M16s, which is a no-no for with continuity. The, with the shotgun and grenade launcher. The, with the grenade launcher, dude. Fucking straight up uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger and Predator gun. Yeah, so they jack these guys with the guns, and they proceed to run into... A bunch of mutants. Ooh. <laughs> and we're not talking about, like, geeks or, like, mutants, like X-Men. We're talking about... No, yeah, not not Iceman, not Beast. These guys are fucking straight-up mutants. These are guys are Morlocks, I These think. are the guys that would probably be around in the fist of the North Star universe, man. That yeah. post-apocalyptic end of the world, like, the radiation has got to us and we have super weapons. Well, yeah, like, like Dad's, Dad's sperm got hit by the fucking <laughs> nuclear fallout and then... Uh, had sex with a pig, and uh, yeah, the pig became pregnant with this thing. Yes, and most of them go down like a punk, but there's this one fat one who looks like a fat Russian. Dude, he's got the Russian or, or the the Hasidic fucking the Cossack the, the, hat. Yeah. <laughs> just the huge fucking fur hat on his head. He's totally Russian. Totally has a laser machine gun, <laughs> and he's chasing them for the rest of the movie. So he could be the only actual antagonist they have <laughs> for the rest of the film, besides the gizmo itself. But the gizmo really doesn't cause anything. It just kind of brings everything together to be caused. Yes, and as they're running away, 
Latello is just like slowly getting unhinged. He's literally freaking out at this point. Like he, I think the weight of murdering things, getting shot at, um, seeing his buddy get stabbed, you know, it's it's starting to play heavily. On yeah, and he even mind. says, "I'm so scared. I'm thinking about God." <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, from here, they now have to cross. They're almost there. They're almost at the science lab where they can turn this fucking thing off, but they have to cross the gym. The gym. Ooh. Which turns into, well, the Jurassic period. <laughs> yes. It's fucking... I'm surprised the Ian and Dr. Grant didn't show up at this point, checking out the fucking 60-million-year-old plants growing off the yeah, floor. Yeah, it was just... And, Speaking of Jurassic Park, after seeing that movie, that this dinosaur looks really, really bad. It looked like in Pee Wee's Big Adventure, you know, the dinosaur in the dream sequence yes. there eats the bike. It's pretty. Actually, that was stop motion, so it yeah. doesn't. Well, look well stop there. motion, I think, is better than this. But yeah, this is a yeah. giant animatronic T Rex comes and attacks them. Seeing, being able to see them, even though they're not moving. Yes, they're not moving. Sherman sneezes, and the thing just starts lurching towards them slowly. Vitello, who's who's lost it at this point, says, "Cover me, guys! I'm going in!" And then proceeds to just open up on on the T Rex with his machine gun, which should have killed it, and it doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't. I mean, apparently it had like uh, you know armored skin or something like that. It has like a plus tw- against <laughs> piercing round, <laughs> yeah. piercing rounds. So yes, and the three fingered T Rex somehow scoops down, you know, and they, with the little arms, the little arms. <laughs> Scoops with Latello up. Latello, actually, the coolest Latello scene is like the picture of him in the fucking dinosaur claws, and he's like firing the guy. He's like, that is cool. But overall, cheesy fight. Yeah, it's a cheesy fight. But and then Harlan comes out, busts out the fucking grenade launcher we've been waiting for, blows the fucking hole right through the T Rex. Yeah, and guess who shows up? Fucking fat Russian alien, fucking mutant again. Oh, comrade, I kill. Ah, run away. So they run away, go up the staircase, and then they see a gas pipe and they shoot it. And that should have fucking blown up the school and ended this, but <laughs> no, they're not going to make it that easy. So they end up, they're in the science lab, which is now filled with all this cool shit. Yes, there's tons of cool shit in the science lab now. But where the hell's Al? Ellie. Ellie, Ellie. She should have been sucked up like Bob, but. No, she's unconscious on the side right next to it. Yes, she's under some debris. There's... Which I think is bullshit. She should have been sucked up. She should have, but... Yeah, whatever. but who's going to go after her? That's a That's a whole other movie. Whatever. So, either way, it turns out, for some reason, she's knocked out, but she suddenly become hot. Her retainer's gone, her glasses are gone. She's yeah, kind of oh, hot she's now. Yeah, she's like a little sweaty, she's a little dirty. You know, she's, <laughs> this might be a whore you want to get with. Yes, nerd girls... Take off your glasses, let your hair down, get a little dirty. <laughs> Guys men, will want to bang. Yes, men will find you more attractive. And if you have any uh, nerd before pictures and then you do our little flip routine, Ellie's flip, uh, throw the glasses retainer away, uh, send them to the email address. Sparkin at gmail.com. We'll post it on this episode clip. Yes. So either way. So long story short, they save the day. They turn off the machine. Things get wrapped up in a okay package a little bit yes they, there's there's still like some of the, the packaging is ripped and torn and the yeah, box like, isn't quite closed all the way yeah we could get into the schematics but we'd be here for pretty much yeah, 40 hours yes yes we, we, we're but Bob comes this. back and we found his full name is Robert Roberts Esquire <laughs> to you pig 
only to the pigs. And, um, yeah, you know, remember we were talking about how he had the universe at his fingertips? Um, do you want to know where he went, folks? Back to the 60s, where he came from when he was in high school, except he went there as an old man just to relive his fucking protest days. He goes to Woodstock, basically. And supposedly goes to the future. Yes, and we must. I must add that um, he comes out of the warp looking like... Uh, Himself? Himself from Easy Rider. He had the fringe jacket, and he had that stupid, uh, uh, the Australian, like, the, the side hat. Yeah. I mean, it's not stupid. It's actually pretty badass. But the one he had was pretty lame. It had, like, a fucking yeah, leopard was. band It was on pretty it. just, what the fuck. And <clears throat> yeah. the cops don't even arrest them. They just arrest Bob, and they're fine. And, you know, the ending is they just drive home, and the end. Yeah. And it's, like, just a kind of... Okay. I mean, the the ending has a clip show with two deleted scenes or three deleted scenes, which yeah, is just kind of worthless. Which is just like, wow, he wasted celluloid to film this anyway, and now we have to watch it again. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So that's pretty much it. It was like the cookie cutter ending, everything. Every... In a night knee All right, so what do we learn from this film? Um, first of all, you can get away with anything as long as you have a sick car and a hot bitch by your side. And you have the IQ of a illiterate grease monster. <laughs> yes, you can fucking fix a carburetor, you can fucking prime a tranny, but you can't fucking, you can read, you know. I can read. This will hurt you. <laughs> Dan Jur. Do not... So, yeah, so basically, um, yeah, you can fucking get away with anything. You can blow up the fucking power lines of town. Nobody's gonna come looking. Um, you can bang these hot-ass bitches. You can break out of prison very easily. <laughs> it's, it's very easy to set up a primer to blow up a building, which is kind of fucked up. Uh, drinking and driving is cool. Yes. They actually tell you how to wire up fucking explosives to a detonator in a cap. They they literally tell you leg leg to the, to the detonator. It's the... it's it's pretty just what the fuck. Also, what else does it teach us? It also teaches us that if you blow up something and it crashes by you, you will be fine. <laughs> There's explosions only affect whatever you're trying to blow up. It doesn't have any effect on anything else. Now, if this were true, September 11th would have been so much better. Well, not really. It would have been a horrific event anyway. Yes, but you get the idea. Um, it's it's there's a lot of ridiculous things in this, and it, there's I mean there's some great character moments. I mean there's a lot of little one shots which yeah, are really there's cool. There's a lot of cool things, especially with Vinny, and some things that Mike says. But overall, now we could go further in this, but the fact is that I think we just get right into the review of this because there's a lot of stuff. The film is shot pretty good. There's a decent, decent a young director, decent design for the special effects, but the continuity is kind of what the fuck. And there's a lot of stuff which is like, this is really amateurish. Yeah. Now, in our five point rating, our first, it doesn't get a one. It, we would give this. I, well, me personally, I'm going to give this a. It's okay, not great. It's worth having in the background while you surf for porn. It's, meh, it's all right. It wasn't bad. Yeah, I mean it's a it's a you, you agree? I'm gonna say it can be it can be a, either a two or a three. If it's a two, so it's worth watching in the theater once, maybe. Uh, 
I would say table once. That's that's a three. The only thing that makes it a three is if you if you skip ahead to just the school scene, and that's what you take it take the movie as. Otherwise, it's a two, simply because of number one the glaring plot holes and the length. This guy should have edited a lot. He could have edited probably about twenty minutes out of this movie easily, and nothing would have been lost. Like it actually would have probably made more money if if people were attuned, like, still attent and listening to just the, pretty much the dribble that these characters spit out sometimes. Just yeah. A, just a lot of, a little too much. It's, take out some here, take out some there. That's part of making movies, editing, take everything. Together. Yeah, no, it's, it was, well, what would we say? It could have been done better. It could have been done better. I could see them remaking this and it could probably be really cool. Yeah. I mean, you're not going to catch the lightning that is... Vinny Latello. Yeah, or Dennis Hopper in his fucking prime time. Yes, I mean, if you could just take those two pieces and then update everything, it would be a lot better. Yes. But, you know what, since we we spent time reviewing it, I think we, we did have a good time watching it. We had a couple of laugh-out-loud moments here yeah, and there. Yeah, this is a good movie just to pick apart if you just want to be like, what the hell? I definitely, you gotta at least check it out once. Even if you gotta get a burned copy or whatever the hell you do. Well, you could do. buy it. It was how much did we pay for when we went to the store? It was like four ninety nine. Yeah, I think it was. I mean, if you can even find it, that's that's all. It hasn't the, been disconnected. You know, all you gotta do is look up on Amazon.com. Yes, yes. Or yeah. if you have Netflix, you go to Netflix.com. Yeah. So either way, we should get into the part we've all been waiting for. We're talking about the one, the only, the dodecahedron. Dun, dun. Yes, now what is a dodecahedron? A dodecahedron is a 12-sided object. Now what we've done is we've assigned nine titles to this dodecahedron, and we're going to roll it to see what we're going to review in the next episode of the Sparkin' Movie Review. Now, you're probably wondering, wait, he said nine, and there's 12 sides. How does this work? Well, the reason why is we have a gimmick. See, the three additional sides have something different, like, say, a variant for your best, you know, host choice, co-host choice, or, well... Roll again. So we're going to roll and see what we're going to review in the next episode of the Sparkin' Movie Review. So let's roll and see what we're going to get. And it is number seven, which is... Oh, this is awesome. We're going to be doing a Jason Statham original, and that is Crank. So in the next episode, we're going to be reviewing Crank. So I guess that's it for this episode. It's pretty fun to do this. Yes, it's always a pleasure. We're, I wish, I sh- we should mention that we're on the road tonight. Coming from an undisclosed location. Yes, after hiding a certain device which we found for no apparent reason. <laughs> it's glowing orbish. Yeah, I don't know. It's very much... I, it's like begging to be plugged in for some reason. Well, it reminds me almost of the Loch Ness almost. <laughs> I would expect to like turn it on and it's just going to be melted into nothing. Like, it's like, wait a minute. Let me plug this in. Let me touch it. Oh, God, Bob was wrong. It generates a lot of heat. Uh, so, I guess that's it for this episode. So, um, this has been your co-host, Deke. Hey, kid, why do you wear sunglasses at night? Because when you're cool, the sun shines on you 24 hours a day. And this is your host, Zons. What's your name, cowboy? Robert Roberts Esquire to you, honky. As usual, thanks for listening, and we are Donsville. See you next time, and continue listening, and remember...
Hey, what are you looking at? Ha 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 ha!